0: really would love for you to turn in your Bibles to a wonderful scripture in Luke chapter 24. And we're going to be reading verses 13 to 33 together. The road to Emmaus in Luke chapter 24 as we read the scriptures has been described as the most beautiful story in the world. And certainly for me, um, when I read... The Easter stories and the different accounts within the word of God, this is the one that grips my heart here after here after here. And it is to me the most beautiful, beautiful story because it is true and because it happened to two ordinary folk um, like us on a dusty road eight miles along that goes downhill from Jerusalem. Westward to a little village, which even today is called Emmaus. As I read the scripture, I probably would see so many of our lives depicted in it. And so as I read the scripture, find out if you could just find yourself in the scripture here. We're going to read from verse 13. And verse 13 says this. He asked them, what are you discussing together as you walk along? They stood still, their faces downcast. One of them named Cleopas asked them, are you the only one visiting Jerusalem who does not know the things that have happened there in these days? What things, he asked. About Jesus of Nazareth, they replied. He was a prophet, powerful in word and deed before God. And all the people, the chief priests and our rulers, handed him over to be sentenced to death. They crucified him, but they had hoped that he was the one who was going to redeem Israel. And what is more, it is the third day since all this took place. In addition, some of our women amazed us. They went to the tomb early this morning, but they didn't find his body. They came and told us that they had seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. Then some of our companions went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said. But they did not see Jesus. He said to them, how foolish you are and how slow to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Did not the Messiah have to suffer these things? And then enter into glory. And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself. As they approached the village to which they were going, Jesus continued on as if he was going further. But they urged him strongly, stay with us for it's nearly evening, the day is almost over. So he went in to stay with them. There they found the eleven and those with them, assembled together and saying, It is true, the Lord has risen and has appeared to Simon. Then the two told what had happened on the way and how Jesus was recognized by them when he broke the bread. Luke chapter 24 verses 19 to 20 just A key verse or two here. He was a prophet, it says, powerful in word and deed before God and all the people. The chief priests and the rulers handed him over to be sentenced to death and they crucified him. And this is the phrase. But we had hoped that he was the one. We had hoped. And I think that at times we find ourselves in a similar place where we had hoped. And things didn't quite come about as we had hoped. And as a result, there is a blank space after we had hoped. We won't quite say it verbally, but within our hearts we just feel such disappointment because things hadn't quite worked out the way we had planned it to or even the way we wanted it to work out. And all of us go through those times, whether it's relationally, where we have a broken relationship within our lives. A friend um, steps away from us and we get hurt. We had hoped that that person would be a friend for life. We entered into relationships which we had hoped would last forever and something happens and it's splintered and we had hoped. But that hope didn't quite come about. We had hoped during Corona period that it would have been finished already within me. I have realized over the last year that my hope went up and then dashed and up and then dashed. And and, and, and so I can stand here and also say that I had hoped. One of my hopes were that today we would be together as a church Um, and we could fill all of the seats that we normally fill, fill, and we could worship the risen Christ. I had hoped. There are some of you over this past year who had hoped that answers would have been given to your questions that you had, but the answers didn't quite come out. You had hoped, and you left in a worse state, when you started out, there are some people who started out in the faith and they had hoped and because of a number of situations, you had taken a couple of other turns because things overwhelmed your life because you had hope and you find yourself in a position where God no longer speaks to you you feel you find yourself in a position where the scriptures The Bible is but a book that you read. It's no longer the inspired word of God. Because you had hoped. You find yourself in a place where you have no longer that longing to pray. Because your hope had been dashed. You see, you can go weeks without food. Days without water. Minutes without air. But you cannot survive without hope. Hope really is how we cope, isn't it? And that's the beautiful thing about this event, this weekend called Easter, where we look back 2,000 years ago when Jesus brutally were nailed to a cross for our sake. And where he was buried Actually for three days. And where a lot of stuff during that time went on in the spiritual realms. And then on the third day, he rose up from the dead. And this account is taken at this place on the first day of the week. These two men walking from Jerusalem eastward to Emmaus. And what had happened within their hearts is that they had hoped that he would be everything that everybody else had said of him. They had hoped that the very words that Jesus had spoken would be true. Because you see, they wanted Jesus to free them from the rule of Rome. Just a week before, they had ushered Jesus in through the villages and they wanted to crown him the king. Hosanna, Hosanna. That, that was the hopes of the people. And then he started to talk more to them and he gave them insight into what he was going to do. He was going to restore Israel again, but in his time. they had hoped all of these things. And then the Bible tells us, That he was crucified, and these two men left Jerusalem with their hearts saddened and their hopes dashed. First Peter chapter 1, verse 21 says, Through him you believe in God, who raised him from the dead and glorified him, and so your faith and your hope are in God. For these two men, That was not a reality. It may be similar to you. But I do believe that so many of us have found that hope in God. And I think over the last year, and as I've spoken to people, and as we have observed that some people have started to lose that hope. And we start to lose our hope when we actually run from our doubts instead of facing them. And we see that these men, they were running from their doubts. They were leaving Jerusalem. Their questions weren't answered. They were on their way to Emmaus. They were walking away from Jerusalem. And Jerusalem depicts the place where their answers could have been given to them, to their questions. And so we see that oftentimes, When doubts appear within our hearts, instead of facing them, we will run away. Luke chapter 24 verse 13 says, now that same day, two of them were going to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles away. They were leaving the scene of their disappointment and hurt. And that's very much like you and I, when we're disappointed and when we're hurt, we would rather flee the scene instead of dealing with those things that actually hurt us and disappoint us. Um, I was talking to a friend the other day, and he said of another friend, he said, my friend doesn't like suffering. He doesn't like pain. So he tries to avoid it with everything within him. And I think most of us are like that. We don't like pain. We don't like suffering. And um, so we try and avoid it, and we try and run away from it. But you see, my friend's Pain and suffering happens in this life. We can't run away from it. We've got to face it. We've got to deal with it. If we try and run from these things, it will affect our belief in Jesus. As we have seen, people have really endured much pain over the last year. spoke to a man within our church about losing his daughter just a week ago. And we were talking a little bit about it, and it's so real, the pain that's within our hearts. And at times, it is really high, the pain, and at other times, it is rather low. But it's so good to see that we actually deal with those pains, with those sufferings, with those disappointments. And Jesus helps us to do that. But my friends, when we run away from it, the truth is that it will catch up with us And the result is that oftentimes, that fire that burns within our faith starts just to be lowered. Disappointment after disappointment, pain after pain. And our hope starts to burn very, very slightly. I encourage you today, let's not run from our doubts instead. Let us face them. Oftentimes, um, our hope disappears because we rehearse our disappointments instead of remembering God's promises. And we see that the Bible says in Luke chapter 24, verse 13, that they were talking about everything that had happened. I think it is good to deal with everything that had happened within our lives. But then we need to move on. I oftentimes listen to the conversations of people and when they continue to talk about the things that happened in the past, it gives me a good inclination whether they actually have stepped out of it and have stepped into the newness of life that Christ brings. And every situation is there for us to just stay there long enough to learn our lesson. But don't stay too long Because it will affect your hope. You could use your disappointment as a reference point to talk about how Christ had taken you out of it. And to look back and say, thank you God. But friends, we mustn't talk too much about our disappointments. We need to see the promises of God. Sometimes disappointment can be so big That we no longer see the promises of God. And these two men on their way to Emmaus were in danger of that. The beautiful thing about the story is that Jesus knew it. Jesus is interested in the individual. He had met with, with groups of people before that, after he was resurrected. But these two men on the road to Emmaus, people say and commentators say they're not sure whether they were actually in the inner circle of Jesus. So they didn't hear all of his teachings. They weren't there when he did everything that he did, the miracles. Maybe they were, maybe they won't. But what Jesus did was, as they were talking, as they were moving to Emmaus, he decided that he would visit them today. And he did. And he walked with them, he talked with them, he spent time with them. Because he wanted to make sure that they don't camp, pitch their tents and their disappointments, instead of moving and remembering The promises that God had for them. And Jesus gave the disciples and the people many promises. He said that his temple would be broken down, but then it would be rebuilt. And he gave them promise after promise after promise. And so often, my friends, when our hope disappears, we go back to the disappointments, the pain, the suffering, and we forget the promises of God. Like I said, learn your lesson just long enough to move into the wonderful promises that God has for us. That's life to our faith. And you will start to see that fire will start to burn again within your faith. Think that over the last year, for some people, that fire is burning less brightly. My friends, Easter today reminds us that God has made incredible promises and he's fulfilled those promises and some other promises he will still fulfill but keep your eyes on the promise keeper Jesus and let him burn life into those areas you see like I say when we lose our hope it often Results in us um, not seeing, seeing things very clearly. And I've seen that over the last year again, just with COVID, as people are, are, are losing their hopes, they stop seeing things clearly. Our vision of Jesus is blurred. We discern spiritual matters poorly. Our spiritual senses are numb to God's whispers within our hearts. Hope is incredibly strong. When our hope gets stronger, we start to hear those whispers again. When our hope gets stronger, we make better spiritual decisions. When our hope gets stronger, we start to see Jesus just a little bit more clearly. And that blurred vision of his becomes clearer. I believe that Jesus, as he was speaking to these men just as he started to speak to them, these things started happening. The result of losing our hope is also we speak more about yesterday's battles than today's victories and tomorrow's adventures. What happens is we begin living in the past. Easter is never about the past. Easter is about the present and the future. Love that song that we sang, the last one we sang, because it connects the death, the burial, the resurrection of Jesus with the second coming of Jesus. Oh, what a glorious day it will be. We had a glorious day when Jesus rose from the dead, but it gives the promise for another glorious day when it comes my friends don't become a part of the when we club where we talk about the when we things the things of yesterday let's talk about the adventures that lies ahead let's talk about today's victories what you've overcome the resurrection of Christ makes that alive within us you see when doubt is there hearts become hard and as Jesus was speaking to these two men his words just started to soften their hearts I'm not sure where you are at today, what's happened in your life over the last week or over the last year but my friends The Holy Spirit wants to come today, and he just wants to breathe hope into your spirit through the promises of Christ. And so this is where we find these two disciples on the road to Emmaus. They had hoped, but now we see, as the scripture so clearly said in verses 33 to 34, it says, They got up and returned at once to go to Jerusalem. There they found the eleven and those with them. Assembled together and saying, it is true, the Lord has risen and he has appeared to Simon. What's happening within their hearts, Jesus is speaking to them. Things are starting to happen and something of that crusty heart of theirs is starting to become like flesh soft. And God is speaking to them. I want us just to look as our close to how we find hope again and how Jesus gave these men hope. And Jeannie, would you come and share that story with us? How do we find hope?
1: Morning, everyone. Um, As parents, we teach our children many things and sometimes we do it verbally with our words and other times we do it just by our actions, without even saying anything. They watch us. And my parents both became Christians before I was born. So I only ever saw them loving God. But my father taught me a really important lesson, not by what he said, but by his actions. And I want to share that with you this morning. As an older teenager, I remember going to a Sunday service in the evening with him one night, and there was a call for those who wanted to recommit their lives to Jesus, those who had wandered away, those who had walked away. And my father responded to that call. He went forward and he said, I want to make my life right with God again. And I had never known that his life wasn't right. There were no outward signs. Only we know the conditions of our own heart. And obviously, for him to make that commitment, something had gone wrong. He had either distanced himself from God, or maybe life had just happened, and he had found himself not in a good place. But on that Sunday evening, he recommitted his life to God. And what that taught me is this. We can always turn back to God. It was such an important lesson for me. No matter what we've done, no matter how far we think we've gone from God, no matter how disappointed we are in ourselves, no matter how great the sin, we can always turn back to God. And that's what my father taught me. I've never had to put that into practice, going back to God, because I walk with God, but I know if I ever wonder, that lesson that my father taught me, I can go back to God. The blood of Jesus is able to cover any sin in our lives. And I just want to say to some of you this morning who may be listening and you feeling like you're distant from God. When we drove home that night, me and my dad, he turned to me and all he said was, I've made right with God. It was such a beautiful sentence, I've made right with God. We can always make right with God. And God's love and pursuit of you is greater than your wanderings. You may think, well, I've wandered far. The prodigal son thought that he had wandered far. But the Bible says when he came to his senses, he turned and went back to his father. And his father was watching from a long way off, waiting for his son to come back. The father's waiting today. And I, I'm trusting that you will hear the call of God today, like my father did on that night. And that you will learn a lesson from his life that I learned, that we can always turn back to God, no matter what.
0: And a really cool part of that story is that when Jenny's father passed away, that um, he passed away at a very young age, at about 50. But he passed away, the doctors were saying, with, with the Bible resting just upon his heart. And that's a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful story um, of how God comes. And he, he just revitalizes lives within us. And uh, you may say, well, how do I find that hope again? I think we've got to look beyond our pain. And we need to see God's revelation to us. Jenny's father had a revelation of God. And the things that draw us away from God, we've got to look beyond that. Because that's the Easter story. That is the story when Jesus died. He took that whatever has caused us to Maybe wander away upon himself. And he paid the ultimate price for that. My friends, let us do that today. We see. Oftentimes, God just comes to us and um, I love his revelations to us. You know, just, he would say, "But, but how do I see? That God's interested in me. You know, you may be sitting there and you're saying, well, the Easter story sounds good, but what about me? My friends, God's revelation to you oftentimes is just in the form of people's acts of kindness. God just comes to you and uh, he allows someone to do something. And God is trying to get your attention to let you see that he notices you as he did with those two on the road To Emmaus. You'll start changing your desires when you start to have little revelations of Him. He'll change those desires. My friends, look beyond your pain to God's purposes and revelations. Look to God's Word for answers. You may be saying to me, Pierre, I feel something, but I need something more concrete. My friends, the scriptures is key to us finding those answers within our lives. Jesus used the scriptures to deal with disappointment in the lives of people. He opened the scriptures and the Bible says that their hearts started to burn again within them. But probably more profound is Let the gospel speak to you. Because the scriptures. Are there so that we can see Jesus. Let the gospel speak to you today. Ask for a revelation of Jesus. As you watch us sitting. And my friends. The word of God. Will start to become alive again. Will you let the gospel speak to you. I know. Many of you saying, I'm just not hearing God. I'm reading the scriptures. It just doesn't make sense. My friends, Easter is about the gospel speaking to us. As Jesus was walking with these two men towards Emmaus, the gospel started speaking to them in real life. The one who died, the one who was buried, the one who is risen, The real gospel started to speak to those men and their spirits were revived and hope started to come within their lives again It's because the gospel started speaking to them. My friends, if you have a church background experience and yet the doubts have become much bigger than the promises, I want to invite you to allow the gospel to speak to you again. If you are saying my hurts and my disappointments are just too big, I want you to go to the scriptures and just to start reading again. And as you read, I believe Jesus will appear out of the scriptures and he'll start to speak to you. Why? Because the gospel is alive and well. And the gospel isn't just a story, it is a person that the Holy Spirit puts within our pathway, and he changes everything within us. Why don't you stand with me, and I'd love to pray for you, and just trust for the gospel this morning to speak to you, and that you would find hope again. Father, we come before you. And we just ask this morning that as we have found our way from time to time, walking away from Jerusalem towards Emmaus, with so many questions within our hearts, disappointments within our lives, and we walk away from the place that provides us answers. Lord, we pray for those who find themselves right there walking away from Jerusalem, walking away from the gospel. Lord, we pray that your Holy Spirit this morning, through the scriptures, would reveal Jesus to them. Father, we pray this morning that as these two men on their way to Emmaus suddenly saw Jesus when he was breaking bread with them, as the gospel became Known to them through Jesus. We pray, Father, today that people again would see Jesus in the Gospels and that their lives would be turned around. The questions that they have wouldn't be the divine obstacle within their lives, but it would be the divine breakthrough within their lives, to discover Jesus again. Would you come, Lord? And would you just reveal yourself to people as they sit at their homes and as your presence fills this place? Would you come and would you show them Jesus, we pray. In your name, Jesus, we ask these things. Amen.